Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm so glad you're here. And this week's episode is sponsored by Pepperdine University's online degree program. Since 1971, Pepperdine Graduate School of Education and Psychology has had one mission, to strengthen professionals for lives of purpose, service, and leadership. Online psychology at Pepperdine is the latest evolution of that mission, with online master's programs designed for people who want to align their work to their life's calling. Pepperdine offers three online programs that feature course topics like trauma in diverse populations, multicultural counseling, social psychology, and so much more. Students learn from faculty like myself who see sharing knowledge and mentoring students as more than work, but a sacred pursuit and responsibility. Pursue your purpose at online psychology at Pepperdine. Visit www.pepperdinepurpose.com backslash homecoming to learn more. So thank you so much, Pepperdine, for your support of the Homecoming podcast. And I'm also excited because we have a poetry submission this week. Martha gave permission to share her vows, her poetic vows, which she emailed. And you can email me your poetry about your homecoming at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. So let's hear what Martha shared. Vows to myself. I will vow on cementing the beautiful picture of yourself that you deserve. You deserve all the compassion and kindness in the world. Let me tell you, the wild and unrealistic expectations that sometimes cross your mind are going to be softened by the sweet and deeply loving side of you that you also carry for yourself. The voice that you learn to listen to and to embrace more and more. You are multifaceted, more than just one thing. I love you deeply, and I always will, no matter what. I will go every step of the way with you and honor your process. I honor you. You have already come so far. Tap yourself on the shoulder for that every once in a while. The self-destructive side of you is on its way to heal. I will make sure the healing continues promise you have the ability to feel so deeply and purely. You have the ability to soften your at times harsh mind. You have the ability to reflect on so, so many things. You are so great and have an enormous power inside of you. You deserve all the cheering in the world. You are a lot of things. One thing I know for sure. You are the love of my life. And I will literally never give up on you. Love, Martha. Oh, Martha, thank you so much for these beautiful vows and the reminder for us to be tender with ourselves, 
gentle with ourselves, compassionate with ourselves. And this is so important with all of the things we face, all of the challenges, the stress, the trauma that we have endured that disconnected us from ourselves in different ways and that have continued to create hurdles and obstacles on this journey home. And on today, I want to talk in particular about coping with racial battle fatigue. Coping with racial battle fatigue. And if you are listening and have a different marginalized identity, then a number of these tips will be helpful to you as well. So if you face oppression related to your gender identity, your sexuality, your income level, your religion, the country uh, where you were born, uh, your ability or disability status, your migration status, then to consider the fatigue, the draining that comes as a result of oppression. And so while we consider the realities of racism, and the battle fatigue of enduring it, experiencing it, being affected by it, really dealing with the psychological impact of needing to combat it both externally and also internally. We take in how much that is to carry and how that load does not just start in your adult years, but it is a load that we are born into, even when we look at the realities of racism and their impact in the medical profession, in maternal care, in birthing processes, in terms of the risk even for infant mortality and maternal death. So there is a pervasiveness across the lifespan in terms of the very reach of racial oppression. And I want to raise for you on today, on the journey home, first an awareness of the impact of oppression in your life. That many times, because it is so persistent, so pervasive, uh, so prevalent that at times we don't even really take note of it, that at times we do not even acknowledge the cost, the cost of racism to our mental well-being, our physical well-being, our economic well-being, and our spiritual well-being. And so when you have been confronted and affected by oppression, it is intended to dismantle us. It is intended to drain, to destroy, to distract. That is the purpose of oppression and racial oppression in the form of racism, which can manifest as hate crimes, as microaggressions, as stigma, as discrimination. And we are even seeing a continuation of it also manifesting in death 
in murder and terror. And so I want to gather us emotionally and spiritually in this moment to create a soft place for us to land. I want to gather us emotionally and spiritually in this moment to take collective breath, to give ourselves permission to feel what we feel with the realities of all that is happening in terror and trauma that is race-based. And so the impact that you may be feeling as you see all of this, as you experience it, it can show up, the distress can show up in a number of ways. And before we even get to the effects of it, I wonder if you can give yourself permission to acknowledge that it has had an impact. And even those who are listening who are a part of the majority culture in the U.S., although globally a minority, um, to know that even if you are a beneficiary of racism, a bystander of racism, uh, that it also has a psychological impact that puts us in a place of uh, fear, distrust, hatred, suspicion, guardedness, anger, sadness, despair, hopelessness, disconnection. That the impact is particularly highlighted for those who are targeted. And I want to name those who carry it, those who observe it, those who even benefit from it and or uh, perpetuate it are also affected by it. And so can I invite you in this moment to acknowledge the ways in which racial trauma and stress, the realities of racism, and trying to confront it and battle it have been exhausting. And so I invite you to begin to think about the ways the effects have shown up for you. That physically, some people experience actual fatigue. Some people experience hair loss, problems eating, high blood pressure diabetes, stress in our bodies and in our minds. You may also experience somatic complaints. So our bodies may be held very tightly and rigidly. Psychologically, you may experience anxiety, panic attack, depression, suicidal thoughts, Disconnection from yourself, anger, frustration, disappointment, grief. And so with all of these, we recognize that in order to heal, I need to acknowledge the wound. 
I need to acknowledge the impact. For some of you, it may show up with getting sick a lot. It may show up with tension headaches. For some, it shows up with trembling and jumpiness. For some, it may show up with chronic back pain or body ache, the pounding of your heart, upset stomach, digestive issues. Whichever way it shows up, let's begin to turn compassion and gentleness toward ourselves. For some, it even shows up with ulcers, with sweating, night sweats, insomnia, dreams and nightmares, mood swings, difficulty focusing, withdrawing from others physically and or emotionally. And it even can affect us spiritually where you can begin to question and have difficulty making meaning out of life, feeling silent even in your prayers, not being able to find the words. And so I invite you in this moment to draw yourself in, to come into communion with yourself and with those who are also listening, recognizing that even if where you are, you don't have someone to talk about it with, or you may not have the words to talk about it, to know that you are not alone in that, that we are a community that is here together, that is affected by the insults, that uh, is affected by the hostility, that we are a community that is affected by the stereotypes and discrimination, by having to be in places where you are expected to speak for your community, for your race, where you are underestimated, where you are judged and assumptions are made about you, where you live with the weight of other people's hatred, fears being directed at you, your family, your community. And so this is an invitation for us to one, acknowledge the impact, for us to acknowledge that we have not come through this unscarred, but that it is exhausting and frustrating and disappointing. And that it has affected our journey home to ourselves. That it has often stalled it, created disruptions and detours. That it has created pits and landmines. And yet here we are continuing the journey step by step moment by moment, episode by episode, making our way back home, making our way to a place of liberation, a place of clarity, a place of self and community celebration and affirmation. We are making our way back home. 
and that all of the oppression which was intended to disrupt us, to dismantle us, that we make a decision on today that it does not have the final say, that marginalization, discrimination, racism, oppression, colonization, neo-colonization, that it does not have the final say. And so we come to a truth-telling moment of self-definition that we get to remember who we are, not just in response or in recovery mode of who other people told us we were, even as we recognize the reason the battle is so exhausting is it is bigger than individuals, right? When we talk about systemic oppression, systemic racism, it is bigger than just a few people don't like you. It's really about the power and systems that are organized to block your progress and possibility. And yet, with all of those systems, structures, institutions that are built on a foundation of elitism that is built on a foundation of exclusivity. Yet, here we are saying, I define myself. My creator defines me. My ancestors reflect me that I am so much more than the residue of oppression. I am so much more than the scab left by brutality and discrimination. I am so much more than an afterthought to those who tried to close me out. And so I invite you to take breath, remembering, recognizing, celebrating your sacred identity. Do you know how sacred and powerful you are? I know with all that we are confronted with, at times we can forget we can have amnesia of sorts. We can be brainwashed out of our own greatness. We can be confused, hoodwinked, deceived about who we are. And that is intentional because if we are exhausted, we cannot fully occupy and show up and shift atmospheres. And so it is crucial that we remember. It is crucial that our psychological liberation occurs to free our minds literally of the lies that we have been told about ourselves. And so the various ways that the wounds of oppression have shown up in your life have had an impact and yet, 
And yet, the impact of oppression does not capture the fullness of your spirit, the fullness of your genius, the fullness of your beauty, the fullness of your possibility, the fullness of your identity in the present moment. That even with the raging winds of oppression, even with the stinging whips, literally and figuratively, of racism, that there is the spirit within you, within each of us, that is larger, wider, deeper. And so as an act of radical resistance, I invite you to take breath with me, for us to take sacred pause, because often when we are stressed, when we are traumatized, when we are marginalized, we often hold our breath and breathe from a very shallow place. We often hold our bodies very tightly, trying to stay safe, hoping our families will remain safe. And so, welcome to the revolution where your breath matters, where your life force matters, where your spirit is seen. And so, at your own pace, tune in to your inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. And wherever you're holding tension in your body, take note of those places and give yourself permission to release. Relaxing your forehead, releasing your jaw, releasing the tension in your back, upper, middle, and lower back. Continuing to breathe as you release the tension in your chest and abdomen. Becoming aware of the movement in your rib cage, expanding with the inhale and contracting with the exhale. Releasing tension in your legs, in your feet, feeling the ground, the earth under your feet, holding you up, feeling, feeling the ground or the chair or the bed, or the couch, wherever you are seated, or laying down, feeling that hold you up. Being reminded in your physical body that you do not have to carry this by yourself. That just as oppression is intergenerational, so is resilience, so is survival, so are your resources your cultural and spiritual resources. They go back for generations. There is something very powerful about remembering that. And so as we seek to heal, a part of it is caring for ourselves and caring for each other. 
And so from our tradition, we recognize that not only are we focused on combating oppression and injustice, but we are also solidly committed to cultivating an ethic of care, cultivating communities of care and compassion where we can be soft, where we can be gentle, where we can be kind toward ourselves and toward each other. As Martha shared in her vows, sometimes we are so harsh with ourselves and especially those who have faced trauma, those who have faced oppression. Often we have been raised to just push through it, to just try to have willpower, to just try to be better, to just try to prove them all wrong. And that is exhausting. So I invite you to shift into an ethic, a value of care, of gentleness, of love and compassion for yourself and for each other. I invite you into this space where we can soften the edges, the edges that had to be sharp to survive. But in this place, we create sanctuary. In this place, in this moment together, we call this place holy ground. And because it is holy ground, I can rest beside still waters. I can allow my soul to be restored. I can lift my physical, my mental, my spiritual cup and let it be refilled. I can allow myself to receive, to not have to constantly be in surveillance and combat mode that I recognize I am worthy of care and rest. It is also important as we combat and cope with racial trauma and the fatigue of that, that we also are mindful of the importance of community, that self-care is not going to be enough, that we need safe spaces one with another like-minded kindred spirits who see, who recognize, who are protective of our sacred identity, our value, our worth. I hope that you have community locally where you are of people who recognize and see and celebrate your value and worth. I hope you have community where you can rest and be at ease. I hope you have community that when you are tired or even before you are exhausted, will fight for you, will be advocates and allies that will walk with you on this journey. And if you do not have that, it is my hope that you will be able to cultivate that, create, find those relationships that are locally where you are. But in the meantime, know that you have cojourners 
that are here with you through homecoming, that we can be that community for each other to value, to celebrate, to see, to honor, to hear each other. And so self-care and community care are important parts of really countering and coping with racial battle fatigue, racial trauma and stress, and other forms of oppression. And it is also important to keep in mind our physical well-being, that you and I, we carry stress in these bodies. And so it is important to even be mindful of our own wellness, that our life force and our health is worthy of protection. Our life force and our health are worthy of care. And so some places, some relationships, some conversations, some jobs are toxic, are toxic. And so while it is noble and necessary to combat oppression, I also invite you to the extent that it is possible to think about decisions that can be made for your mental health and for your physical health, to really examine the level of toxicity in some places that are polluting your very spirit. And so we are mindful of our self-care, our community care, our physical well-being, our boundary setting, and finally, of our spirits, that we recognize that racism and oppression operate at a spiritual level, and so combating them, addressing them, also operates on a spiritual level. And so, while it is important to care for your body and for your mind, it is also important to tend to your spirit. So I invite you now to declutter, to detox your spirit, to invite healing and relief into your spirit, to give yourself permission to spiritually lay down the load that has been placed on your back. I invite you spiritually from a very sacred space of giving yourself permission to claim your inheritance of liberation, to claim your inheritance, your sacred right to an inner peace that fortifies you as we work to bring justice for outer peace. I invite you in this moment to receive refreshing from the top of your head to the soles of your 
feet. I invite you in this moment to receive an activation of your memory, your soul memory, your sacred memory that knows who you are, not what they told you you were, not how you were treated, but I activate in the spirit the part of you that knows who you are. And so let that awaken on today that you remember. And the point of oppression is to make you forget. And so to resist that and declare in this moment, ah, I remember who I am. I remember who I am. And when I remember who I am, everything else has to shift. Yes. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. <laughs>